0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML.
1: Hamilton's longest-serving mayor. Bob Morrow passed away yesterday at age 71. And uh, this is a man who uh, has quite a legacy here in the city. Uh, A very interesting individual. Uh, in so many different ways. Uh, Joining us to talk about this are, uh, well, two of the folks that served on City Council with him. Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger is with us right now. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for the time. Good to have you with us today. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, good. You got me? Yeah, I got you now. Okay, and uh, also a former regional chair, and now, of course, the CEO of the Hamilton Community Foundation, Terry Cook joins us. Terry, thanks for being on and jumping on side with us today.
0: Good to be with you, Bill.
1: You guys, uh, let me go back to the early 1990s, if I could. And uh, by then, I guess uh, Bob Morrow was into his second term uh, as, as mayor, third term, I guess, as mayor of the city of Hamilton. Uh, you guys were, uh, first of all, young bucks on city council. Uh, you, Terry, in Ward 1, Fred, you in Ward 5 over in the east end of the city. Uh, mm-hmm. This guy was a larger-than-life figure in so many ways because of his reputation. What was it like, uh, that that first-term of council, working with a guy like Bob? Terry, I'll start with you. Oh, it
0: was amazing because... I'd grown up with Bob as my, first of all, as my counselor in Ward 1, because of course he he was first elected, I think, in 68, so at that time I'd have been nine years of age and became the mayor in uh, 82 when uh, he, uh, I think, beat Jack McDonald and Bill Powell, um, and he, he was all I'd ever known as a civic leader, and of course he was everywhere in the community, so you'd see him at his at the, his school we did city hall visits i'd known him personally because our families had known each other and he was he was larger than life and and of course when you actually got to know bob uh, he was just such an interesting character um you know passionate for hamilton uh an un- unrelenting work ethic uh he had a, a capacity of forgiveness for a uh, young, irresponsible member of the council, like Fred and Dominic Agostino and <laughs> Steve Christopherson and I, he'd, he'd be furious with you one one night at a council meeting, and of course he could never stay mad for any length of time. And he uh, he really endured a lot of gentle teasing, and uh, I've got so many great memories and great stories of uh, the chief magistrate, as he would call himself, especially when he was upset with us.
1: Fred, your rebuttal? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was the responsible one. I have to tell you. Yeah, I, but that was know, to Terry's
1: point, though, Fred. That was that was a pretty colorful council. I mean, you yourself, you as as Terry alluded to uh, yourself, Dominic Agostino, some of the young bucks that were on council back in those yep. days, and uh, some other uh, shall we say uh, very interesting personalities on council. It made for an interesting mix. Uh, and I, I got to think that, that that Mayor Bob at that time felt like he was hurting cats trying to control council meetings sometime.
2: Yeah, you know, and I I think we're all a little bit in awe of Bob when we all first got there. Uh, You know, we'd all kind of grown up with him, uh, him being an elected office at a very early age. And and certainly at a time when I started to get my political awareness was uh, Bob was, uh, you know, elected an alderman and then ultimately became mayor. So when you actually got to meet him in person, it was uh, a little bit, you know, starstruck in the beginning. But then, uh, you know, as you got to know Bob, he was a fairly down-to-earth guy. Uh, very interesting in terms of his eclectic uh, knowledge of history and uh, and his passion for music and his great talent for uh, as a pianist and as an organist and uh, and he had uh, he wasn't a funny guy but he uh, you know he had an occasional sense of humor and so you, you talk about uh, you know different councils back then you recall that we used to stand up when we spoke at the uh, at the uh, at the council chambers yeah. each each one in its turn and you know Bob had uh, put on some considerable weight over the years that he had a. Every time he got up to speak, he would do up the uh, the front button of his jacket and you know, would uh, stress and strain. And I, uh, you know, on occasion, would lean over to Ann Bain, who sat next to me, and said, one of those buttons lets go, one of us is dead." <laughs> <laughs> and, and Bob, uh, I, I told Bob about that, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, and he had a good laugh. He had a really good laugh. And so he, uh, you know, he could be self-deprecating, but he could also be uh, very impetuous and uh, could get angry in a, in a hurry. And uh, if you got on the wrong side of Bob on an issue, uh, he certainly let you know about it. So uh, you know he had uh, he had a lot of, a lot of skills and talent, but certainly an absolute complete passion for the city of Hamilton and the work that he was doing.
1: One of the things about him that that struck me, and this goes on before I was even involved in politics, but obviously I was in the media here in Hamilton, uh, is is how th- there was no pretense with Bob, was there Terry? I mean, you know, he's the mayor. He was not your worship. He was not uh, Mister Mayor even to many people. It was always just call me Bob. And and that was the relationship that he tried to strike with just about everybody.
0: Oh, and, and his relationship with so many Hamiltonians was personal because he'd been to their bar mitzvah or a church basement celebration or the kids' little league game. And he he really made people feel proud when he was with them. His, you know, magnetic sense of commitment to Hamilton was infectious and uh i have to tell you of all the people i served with and uh you know with great respect to fred and many others um he, the guy had better retail political skills than anybody i cross paths with and and you know all the other components of a complex individual i think uh, sometimes uh it, it, you know minimize uh, his his gift as a uh, as a connector uh, he was remarkable in that respect
1: that's a unique skill. Uh, and and both of you guys have, have walked that walk. Fred, you're still doing it as mayor. Uh, Terry, when you were regional chair, uh, you're pulled in about 25 different directions on any given day because they want you to do this, be here, show up for this, make a speech here. I don't know how Bob did it, but he seemed to be almost everywhere. And uh, there were only 24 hours in the day, but, I mean, on a typical evening, like, he would be at four or five events, and you never mm-hmm. felt like he was just uh, just there for a second wave. You always felt like he was there for a couple of hours, and then, boom, he was off to someplace else. I, I, it's, you, like I say, Fred, you're walking that walk right now. That's a difficult task, and he was a master at it.
2: Yeah, and, and he, he probably did more of it than anybody. I mean, uh, you know, one of the jokes was that Bob would go to an opening of an envelope, and, you know, he... Uh, <laughs> He, he went to just about everything uh, that happened in our community on a, on a regular basis, so year after year after year, never let up and uh, never, never tired of it, uh, and was always keen and interested in talking to the people that were there and getting an understanding of what their feelings were about the city of Hamilton. And he had such great respect for the immigrant community. Uh, you know, he was very, very closely tied to uh, you know the, the waves of immigration that came to our city and mondalization and uh, developing twin cities. And uh, he was, you know, I had a hand in uh, twinning up with uh, the Abruzzo region in Italy and in uh, Rakamuto and Kaga, Kaga, Japan. I mean, the list goes on that he was so keen on uh, making those kinds of international connections. And he had a great sense of history. Uh, you know, no one knew more about this city and the people in it and their histories than Bob Morrow. And that made him, uh, you know, especially suitable to be a. Uh, a citizens' citizenship judge, Uh, when he did those ceremonies, uh, he just filled the place with history and uh, gave people a sense that they belonged here in Hamilton in Canada.
1: One of the the elements that I I always appreciated about Bob, too, was his his staunch defense of this city. Uh, You know, that was a city that was going through some pretty rough times, Terry. I mean, economically, of course, uh, in the 80s and 90s, things did not go well in a lot of cities in North America, and Hamilton was on that list. And, and Hamilton had its detractors for a number of reasons. Lunch Bucket Town, etc. If, if anything got Bob angry, it was somebody that took a shot at Hamilton. And he, he would actually, and, and, and you guys both know stories, I'm sure, where he'd actually get on the phone and and take somebody to the task for, what do you think you're saying about my city?
0: Oh, and Bob, of course, was notorious with the media uh, for tirade <laughs> against any perceived slight to his Hamilton. And it was doubly passionate if it was an outside media source so you know i think when the cbc on occasion would somebody would take a cheap shot at the city and then again you're right those were in the the times of decline so folks today who have seen this kind of burst of momentum for hamilton over the the last decade really can't appreciate how tough it was for the civic psyche uh, to go through that that decline and of course bob never gave up on the place and was always ready to go to combat with those who were critical.
1: Talk to me about some of the debates that happened, guys, back in those days. Uh, Because there's a legacy here. Bob was not just a people person. I think that was his big strength, and he was so good at that, and we needed that in those days. But at the same time, I mean, he did plant the seeds for some rather interesting policy decisions that, that we're starting to benefit from. And I think, Fred, you talked about that yesterday. Uh, things like, like being a promoter of the arts and culture as as an economic driver that was actually going to make the city better and attract investment. I don't know that too many people bought into that, but Bob was adamant about that. Uh, for many, many times, uh, getting funding for things like uh, the opera and, or, and, of course, the Philharmonic and, and other things, especially through, through ethnicity and a number of other things. Even something as simple as I know that he took a lot of heat for the flower beds, but it was all part mm-hmm. of making this city attractive to people and making us proud about that. And we, we take that stuff for granted right now, but he was he was really fighting those battles oftentimes without a whole lot of support in those days.
2: Yeah, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of those things, uh, you know, cost money when, you know, money was rather scarce. You know, when when our, you know, employment and our business, uh, you know, attraction was not going up, it was going down. And he was trying to, uh, you know, hold the line and, and give people that sense of confidence that there's a better day ahead as long as we keep moving and we, we keep aspiring to the kinds of things that make our city better. And so he was a... He was a real hawk on ensuring that uh, we didn't forget about our cultural capacity. As you point out, he was very, very keen on uh, growing the art gallery and the Philharmonic and the opera. Uh, obviously, he had a he had a personal musical bent himself. He was a very, very talented pianist. Uh, he, uh, he he introduced uh, uh, Franz Liszt uh, way, uh, you know, on, yeah. at, at McNabb, another side of M- McNabb to just kind of give a sense of. Uh, the notion that culture and music is very, very important in terms of how a community develops and grows. Mm-hmm. So he he's just kept at that building that sense of confidence. And I, you know, I took that uh, that that flower bed thing, which was uh, at a given point in time uh, mm-hmm. abandoned, uh, you know, uh, shortly after amalgamation, and uh, and when I got back in, I put it back in because it, it yep. really has developed a sense of confidence in our community. And as you know, as Bob would always say, if you have, if you want to feel good about yourself, uh, you know. Go and buy a new suit and you feel you feel like a million bucks. Well, doing that for the city is is exactly the same thing, and it's made a huge difference uh, for our psyche in Hamilton. And uh, I think people now appreciate that uh, that sense of confidence and can-do spirit has gotten us a long way to where we are today.
1: I've got to ask you both about something, because you were both on council for one of the most contentious issues of the 1990s. And uh, that was the city's support for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, both, both the, both the, le- the CFL itself was almost dying, and of course the Tiger Cats with it. Uh, it was Bob that brought David Braley into the fray uh, to take over ownership. That lasted for a few years, and then there was the public ownership. And Terry, there was a very contentious vote on council to to allot money for the Tiger Cats to basically keep these guys alive. Now there was a game that night, uh, the night of the vote at <laughs> Ivor Win. I was the PA announcer, of course, for many years down there. Uh, And I had the pleasure of of, of telling the crowd that was at that game that City Council had voted in favor. I think it was a one- or two-vote swing, if I recall... Uh, and uh and i I mentioned about the ones who voted. I didn't mention names, but uh, you and a couple of your council colleagues popped into the game after that and stood there on the just by yeah, you, and, were and really,
0: you you were really helpful as well. well you well
1: you were booed <laughs> cook not for the first time in your life and not for the last, but it was it was a, it was quite a moment for everybody yeah, that night. Well,
0: well, wait a minute, quick piece of context. the vote had lost at city council. that's right. so, so Bob never giving up took it to regional council which, by all rights, should have turned the Tiger Cats down because there was less affinity in the suburbs than there was in the city for it. He arm twisted. I remember on the floor Council him pointing to one councillor who will remain nameless and saying, you're going to fry in your own grease if you don't this. <laughs> And then Dominic and I and... Uh, uh, Chris Overson, and I think Terry Anderson showed up at the game. Yeah. Only we pelted with garbage. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had supported Bob's motion. Oh, it's a day that will live in infamy in my <laughs> mind. But you can laugh about it now. It was great fun. And, you know, yeah. and again, by, by the next day, literally, to Bob's credit, he could not stay angry. So you could disagree and go hammering tongues at one another and the next day, you'd be having a, a beer together, and, and he was he was a forgiving soul. And I think that is one of the reasons he survived as long as he did, and one of the reasons he prospered politically, because you've got to have that thick skin, and you've got to be able to rule once the debate is over and move on to the next issue, and Fred knows that well.
1: Well, there's another incident, Fred, uh, if you recall, when Bob wanted to have funding for, uh, there was the Eaton Center, some corridor or something, I can't remember, something that had to be done in Jackson Square. And he fought, you know, he lost the vote. I think it was fifteen to one or whatever it was on city council. And i he was so red in the face. I th- I thought, my God, you know, <laughs> please, you know, get the paramedics here. Uh, yeah. And he was so angry that day that he was so embarrassed by that. And and one of the councilors, not me, not you, said standing recorded vote, which adds to the embarrassment. Uh, but and no, but good. you're right. The next the next day it was like, yeah, well, that's you know, that's probably the best anyway. But you know, but he was he was so incredibly passionate about these sorts of things.
2: So just to correct the football uh, story, uh, it was uh, it was actually Terry Cook, myself, and Dominic Agostino and Terry uh, Anderson uh, that that went to the game. I, I remember Terry Anderson took off as soon as he uh, realized that the crowd was a little hostile. I see. I couldn't he see, see really. the faces.
1: I couldn't see the faces because they're throwing programs yeah. at you.
2: But when, yeah. <laughs> but when, you when you announced the uh, that that it actually passed. Great cheer went out in the crowd, and thankfully you didn't announce those that didn't support it, which happened to be the three of us that were sitting in the uh, stadium at the time. Uh, we, would have, uh, we would have been lynched if they found out that uh, we were not the supporters, but uh, it passed in any event. You know, Bob, Bob was, uh, Bob was the, the kind of character that uh, was really steep in history, uh, really liked the pomp and circumstance of uh, ceremony, and he, uh, he would do that exceptionally well uh and and he was really passionate about the issues that he uh, latched onto and really didn't accept uh, no as an answer and would come back at it uh, you know time and time again if he didn't get his way the first time and uh you know he 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 lost gracefully but he certainly got very angry and you could see it happen in real time uh, his face would just get flushed uh he would go completely red and uh and you knew that uh, bob was going to explode at some point and but it wouldn't last long, and uh, the next day he was uh, patting backs again and uh, really working on the next issue. So, you know what, the, the kind of uh, ups and downs you get in politics, uh, but Bob uh, Bob had the kind of character that uh, he would wear it on his sleeve and he would uh, he would show you his emotions, and then uh, when it was over, he'd, he'd give you a big hug.
1: Well, we got to wrap it up, guys. I wish we had more time to do this, but uh, I, I just want to finish it off by suggesting, uh, and Fred, uh, counsel in their wisdom, of course, have decided to name the four-court at City Hall in honor of Bob Moore, I guess there's going to be a ceremony about that a little bit later on, in a couple of weeks or months.
2: Yeah, probably a couple of months. We we're hoping to do it in nicer weather, and, uh, yeah, and we do it In conjunction with the uh, with the, uh, the signage sign uh, uh, the installation that's happening uh, March early April. Uh, so we'll uh, unfortunately do it posthumously, and that's uh, unfortunate. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll certainly connect with the family and see what their wish is and uh, and their timing, and we'll we'll coordinate.
1: And a lot more stories at that time. Fred Eisenberger, Hamilton Mayor Terry Cook, CEO of the Hamilton Community Foundation. Guys, thanks so much for the time today. Greatly appreciated.
2: Bill, can I mention just just briefly? We we with the flags are flying at half mast. We have a a, a condolences book uh, set up here at City Hall for anyone out in the community that uh, wants to reflect and. Uh, Provide some uh, remembrance. They can come into City Hall and uh, write something on that book. And they can go online on our website and, uh, and share some
0: reminiscences
2: as well. And we'll compile all of that and give that to the family.
1: Excellent. Thanks again, guys.
0: The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.